Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Paylocity.com. So Kate, thanks for jumping on the podcast with me today. Um, We're going to be talking about basically all things back to school. Um, So really appreciate you taking the time. But not really. But not really, right. Um, You know, as I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about how stressful back to school has been for me when my kids were little. Um, There was one year I had my three kids in three different schools, three different supply lists, three different bus schedules. And frankly, just getting them out the door was like a whole ordeal. Um, So I'm thinking about, you know, for a lot of parents in the U.S. right now, there's a whole new challenge when it comes back to school. They're balancing attempting to work remote or in the office full time while being sometimes the main facilitator of their child's education. How do you see organizations dealing with this new challenge in their workforce? Yeah, it's a really great question. So first and foremost, I, you know, I commend you. I think I probably would have given up by the, you know, the two different bus schedules, let alone three and the supply lists. Um, yeah, I think right now it's a really challenging time for a lot of reasons. And I think one of the the first things that I know that I've been talking to a lot of our business leaders about, and really just my connections kind of in the HR industry is really just listening, asking a question and listening to what the answer is. And it sounds so simple. And I know we've talked about, you know, listening on some of our other podcasts, but, you know, when it comes to this, it is different. It's different for people, depending on their family situation. It's different depending on the support that they have. It's different depending on the state that they live in. Um, You know, I was talking to someone last night and um, I was asking her because she's got two uh, middle schooler and a high schooler in another state. And I was asking her how it works. And she was kind of explaining it to me. It's completely different than what we're dealing with here in Illinois. And so it just kind of got me thinking, you know, when we say everybody's situation is different, I really mean that. And so being able as an employer to, whether it's through a survey, whether it's through just a conversation, like what's your plan? You know, what do you need help with? What are you concerned about? Um, I know for me, I have an almost four-year-old. And so, you know, she can't really do much on her own. She's unable to make her own food. She's unable to be alone for long periods of time. Um, She definitely can't handle virtual learning alone. Um, She can't even turn the computer on by herself. So, you know, there's a whole nother element to people whose children aren't even in the school system, um, but don't necessarily have those resources. So I think more than anything right now, it's figuring out what is your organization look like if those people need some extra accommodations and figuring out what those are and before you get scared, asking people what they need before you start to worry about whether or not you can accommodate them. It's interesting. You made the comment about your daughter not being able to log on to computer. I I saw a a meme today that was about like kindergartners being expected to know how to type. Like they're in kindergarten. Like, like, so it's crazy. Um, What about performance management? What does that look like now? And are there any changes organizations should be making? That's a really question. It's actually um, a scenario I was just um, kind of consulting on yesterday. 
You know, the thing with performance management for me has always been about intent. Is the intent of the person, are they actually trying to do a good job? You know, I think performance management can be both easy and it can be incredibly hard. The easier it is, is when you have someone who's actually trying and maybe they're hitting roadblocks and they need help. You know, the hard people to performance manage are those who don't care. Um, I would find it hard to believe that we have that many people in the world right now who actually don't care about their job. I think you have a lot of people who are doing the absolute best that they can and probably in some respects are in fear that if their best might not be good enough and what that could mean if they're unable to keep their position. You know, for me, it's all about figuring out what their situation is, what's realistic, and is there a business accommodation? So if the person tells you, you know what? I can only work part-time hours and that's going to, that's going to be the case for, let's say three months until I get a support system figured out as a business. Can you accommodate that? And if your answer is yes, I can accommodate that. That's the, I can allow her to do that. Let's say, because I don't need more work than that done. Then you have to change the performance expectations to meet that. You can't expect that that person's going to get 40 hours full-time worth of you know, work done in a part-time week. So if you're saying, yep, no problem, I'm okay with you going part-time, then the expectation for what they can actually accomplish during that time. I think that also changes depending on the timing. So you have someone who's used to maybe working a normal business day in eight to five, and maybe you're able to accommodate them to do a little bit of different hours. That might mean that their, let's say, client-facing communication happens more via email rather than the phone because they're responding maybe at 7 o'clock at night rather than 10 o'clock in the morning. So I think the biggest thing with performance management, it's similar to what I talked about earlier, figuring out what people need. And if you're saying, yes, I can accommodate you or I'm trying to accommodate you, then making sure that you are changing those expectations and having that open conversation about what the expectations were before, what they are now, and agreeing that it might be temporary and everybody's okay with that temporary piece. But again, the more you can talk about it and the more that you can put it out. And sometimes I would even say, the HR person in me always says document, but put it down. Sometimes it's a lot easier for people to refer to. Um, conversations can be overwhelming. Um, and sometimes people leave a conversation not necessarily remembering what you talked about. So really realigning those expectations based on the timing and getting those documented somewhere. I like that you started to talk about some potential different accommodations. It makes me think of like an example I want to give and get your feedback on. So what if your team is made up of five different employee circumstances and you're working hard to, you know, model empathy and accommodations? How do you still get the work done? I mean, I guess the real question is what outside of the box accommodations have you been exploring or should those listening be exploring? Um, I think definitely listening is sort of your first one. Um, some of the other things we've explored are, you know, a change in schedule. So is there an opportunity for people to work for 10 hour days? Um, and then do you stagger that team of five people where you have some people working, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then you have a couple other people working Monday through Thursday and staggering it. So you still have a decent amount of coverage. Similar is another schedule of uh, 980s. You know, that sometimes can be a little challenging depending on the state, but it's definitely doable in all states. You just have to pay attention to overtime rules, et cetera. Um, you know, compressed work weeks. And that's kind of what I, that was the example around four tens. Um, the other thing really is figuring out, is there an opportunity to do work, non-client facing work on non-work days? 
you know, being open to creative and being creative and saying, you know what, maybe someone can work on a Saturday for four or five hours to get that extra project done. And that allows them to be home a little bit more during the week because they're facilitating some virtual learning. You know, some other things that we have talked about is job realignment. So do we have, taking your example, Sherry, do we have those five people um, instead of all of them being client facing, can three of them be client facing for part of the week and two of them do sort of maybe the um, account management of it on the back end? That allows you to not only switch up their schedules, um, hopefully create a more consistent environment for them and make an accommodation that still allows you to get the work done from a business standpoint. I really like all those ideas. Um, I mentioned empathy a little bit. I'm curious what your take on it. Um, if there's a new model that a model or mindset the manager should be using now for employees as, um, you know, I think originally we were talking about this being the new normal, you know, kind of with our, with our mindset that, oh, it's only a couple months or no, it's only six months. Well, now maybe it's 18 months. So is there a new mindset or model that managers should be using as they um, think about the future? Well, that 18 months, that's a uh, a scary one. (laughs) That even makes me a little like, ooh, 18 months. Um, But no, you're 100% right. The thing that I have actually been really um, focused on and coaching a lot of my leaders on is really uh, managing people with dignity and compassion. So, you know, we are all dealing with some kind of challenge. I think you're hard pressed to find anybody in the world right now that doesn't feel something in their life is challenging. Um, And just remembering that everybody has those specific challenges and maybe they're not always visible. So maybe you don't see someone with um, three or four kids at home, you know, who need help with virtual learning. Um, Maybe it is someone who lives by themselves and maybe it's the isolation of not having a family and not being able to go out and do the normal things they do. Um, being aware that you have to be compassionate to everybody, not putting all of your work on the person who doesn't seem to have a visible challenge that's going on. Um, And then leading through with dignity. So having an open conversation, if someone is struggling to manage the performance expectations you've set for them, even if you've accommodated them in some way, talk to them about it. You know, moving right towards, hey, here's a performance plan. Hey, I don't think this is going to work out. I'm concerned. Just sitting down and saying, I'm not sure that this is working the way we intended. Let's talk about what that means. Because more than likely, the person on the other end is doing their best. Um, Like I said earlier, I can't imagine that there's that many people out there who are purposely trying to slack off in an environment where a lot of people are already afraid for their jobs to begin with. Um, And just remembering that many of us who are managing people have our own challenges. So if my boss is going to manage me with dignity and compassion and treat me as someone who has a certain situation, she knows that I have a daughter um, who, you know, isn't school age, then the people I work for should get the exact same treatment. I should treat them with that same compassion. I should listen to them, ask them questions and have some empathy. Now, those that know me well know I'm not a huge softie. So I'm not saying that every, you know, I'm not a bleeding heart by any means. We still have to get the work done. But you can definitely lead in a way that starts with asking the question, listening to what people have to say, and working through a solution together and not just jumping to a, hey, this isn't going to work. And I think we sort of need to move on. Um, Because Sherry, as you pointed out, if we really are in this for a full 18 months, that means that we still have close to another year to go. That's a lot that can happen. And, you know, again, like, yes, we have to do our jobs, but we're we're all doing the same things. This isn't one group of people that are being affected. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, 18 months is a long time. So let's hope that it's not that. Um, so as we wrap up our conversation today, I want you to put, put your hat on as an HR professional, talking to other HR professionals who are navigating it at, at that level. What's your one piece of advice, your mic drop moment for them as we wrap up on how they can kind of support back to school, think of some of the things that you've said um, and help continue to move their businesses forward? You know, as you were starting to ask me that question, my first thought, um, I laughed when you said my mic drop moment, but I actually think I use this mic drop moment quite a lot. And, you know, it's first and foremost, take care of yourself. So as an HR professional right now, we are being inundated with questions of how to support other people, um, which means we are working later nights. We are working earlier mornings and longer hours. That is not meant to say that there are not other people doing the same things. But in the HR realm, we're usually the first sort of responder for our employees on how to take care of them. And I'd say first and foremost, the best way to support your team is take care of yourself. Figure out your own situation, because many of us out there have our own situations that sometimes we put on the back burner to help with other people first. Um, So find ways to support yourself. Reach out to your counterparts in the industry. The way you do it at your company um, may not be the best way. There might be another person out there that you know that you are socially connected to that you don't really discuss work that often that might have an interesting way of handling this. Um, The second piece I would say is just is ask the questions and listen. Listen to what people have to say. Even if what somebody is saying seems so off the wall and what they're asking for, you're like, no, I cannot... I cannot let you work overnight one day a month and keep your benefits. That's not possible. Um, When I say be creative, I don't mean that everything makes sense. I mean, just listen, because maybe in that person's conversation or in their ask, it might give you an idea for something you can do um, kind of maybe with somebody else. Um, Your business, everyone's business is going to continue to move. Um, in most of our lives, like we don't save lives. Um, so at Paylocity, what I tell people is just a reminder, we sell payroll. We don't save lives. It's okay to take a step back, take a deep breath and figure out what's my next step. And for HR professionals, take care of yourself first. Um, there's no way you'll be able to take care of everyone else if you don't. What a great piece of advice. Kate, thanks for taking some time out of your early morning, actually, for us to have this conversation. And uh, if you're listening um, today, we dropped this episode on August 21st. Um, On the 26th, we're actually hosting a webinar where we're going to dive into this topic a little bit more. So I will include the link to that webinar in the show notes. But again, Kate, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Sherry. Anytime. Anytime.